Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just a Physician, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal journeys featuring some creators you know and love. So make sure you subscribe to the Just a Physician YouTube channel and stream the podcast episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. I am really stoked to have the person that is on today because we, I feel like we go back a while. We honestly have like been like talking, chatting back and forth for so long. And it's been so cool to see your personal journey. Uh, Frederick Chen, everyone, give him a round of applause. Hello, everyone. <laughs> my name is Frederick Chen. It sounds just like, oh my God, I can see myself in the screen. It sounds just like my YouTube intro now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. I know I wanted to like make this screen so that it's like not like, you, you know, like the pandemic like split screen collab YouTube style video I was like oh I want to feel like I'm like yeah. sitting across from you even though you're all the way in New York still right yeah and you are all the way in Hawaii it's like what when is it 1 p.m for you or is it like it's like 10 a.m I think 10 a.m so, yeah oh my god. <laughs> it's like totally oh I forgot Hawaii yeah I forgot oh my god I know California oh no you're fine people like like I think for some reason people think like Hawaii is like an hour behind California, but I'm like, no, we are smack dab in the middle of the fucking ocean, like super far away. But I'm glad I'm able to have you on regardless that we are like complete different parts of the country. I'm really stoked to just have you on the podcast because watching your content, you're so insightful about so many different things. And whether you're making like really fun, entertaining silly fashion videos, whatever it may be, all the different styles, or you're, you know, providing some really deep, insightful thoughts about like important issues that are relevant today. Um, I was just like, oh my gosh, you'd be the perfect person to have on the podcast to get into these like deep discussions. Yes, I love deep dive. <laughs> yeah, but well, before we get into it, I want to do some rapid fire questions just so anyone who is listening or watching and might not be familiar with you is able to kind of like learn a little bit more about you and some fun facts. So let's just jump into the rapid fire questions. First, explain what you do. I am also a content creator. I started on YouTube seven years ago. I mainly do like comedic lifestyle. I just graduated. So it was a lot of college videos. Oh um, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> thank I'm you. So used to be you being at NYU. So that's awesome. Congrats. I know. Yeah, I graduated from NYU. Um, I wanted to get out a year early just because focus on content. That was mm -hmm. my goal. Um, and also, it's very expensive, especially yeah. in the U.S. So, <laughs> Yeah, and New York, of all places. Like, that is yes. pricey AF. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, content uh, creator for seven years, yeah. graduated student. That's impressive. Thank you. Yeah. I, I like fashion. I like thrifting. <laughs> Yes, yes. And that's actually something I want to talk about later in the episode, too, because your fashion is so freaking cool and I think super inspirational. But I'll save my questions about fashion afterwards. Next rapid fire question. What is the first thing you do when you wake up every morning? I play with my cats. You might be able to see one. He's like a ball up there. It's a oh, little black shoot. blob in the background. I hope he. <laughs> I have two cats. <laughs> so cute. I hope he makes an appearance. I know we had an episode with. Um, do you know Nicole Raffier? Um, she. I don't, I don't think I'm familiar. Oh, okay, you have to check out her videos. She honestly kind of similar to your content. She's great, but literally in the middle of an episode, like the cat like strolled across like her computer in front of the screen. It was it was so great, <laughs> but it's so cute. Um, yeah. okay, play with your cats. That's that's awesome. That's a much more productive way. I usually start my morning by like looking at my phone, which is like not the most healthy thing. So I feel like I need some cats to to get on your level. But next next question, what's your biggest fear? Would you say? Um, honestly, I think it's being buried alive. 
Holy shit, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, like, I have regular fears, but like the biggest of all time, I think it's just that because I've seen a lot of horror movies as a kid. Oh. My sister showed them to me. Uh-huh. I, ve- I blame her every day for it, but there's like a specific, it's a very specific fear, obviously. Yeah, and warranted because, yeah, when I've listened to like true <laughs> crime podcasts or stuff like that, and they talk about people being buried alive, that literally sounds like it's the, I, I'd just rather die in a quick, fast, easy, mess-free way. Yeah not being very like if an airplane crashes that's fine exactly i know what comes yeah exactly i don't mind i don't mind dying in a plane crash yet. <laughs> um, okay so what would you say is your like newest hobby that you've picked up especially as a graduate student uh i've gotten back into collecting plants i mean i'm oh, sure cool. I, I have a plant cabinet back there i recently bought it and i already have over 50 plants in my new apartment yes so honorary plant it's getting i love it <laughs> I love it. Honestly, especially there's something about like a New York apartment that has like, like plants all over and like the red exposed brick in the middle of, you know, the industrial urban city. Like, I feel like it's a vibe and I definitely would be on your same level. Well, I kind of am on the same level. I'd say I have a bunch of plants, so I support. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's one thing to like have plants, like in LA, of course, like you have sun all the time, Mm -hmm. but like it's even more impressive when you're in New York because half of the time you don't have a window. Yeah. Facing a building, like yeah, for real. So all the more impressive. Yeah, that, that takes a lot of work. So they're they're cute. They're beautiful. I love them, and I've seen them in your videos before. So they look great. Okay, last last rapid fire question. Uh, what is your go to coffee order? I don't drink coffee. Can <gasps> I say not coffee? Really? Do I have to, oh, Do I have to say no. It's fine. I, I okay. Then what's your go to drink? Non alcoholic or alcoholic? I will usually go for a bubble tea, if not just like a fruit tea. <sighs> yeah. But if it has to be coffee, it's it's mocha, always. Okay, wow. I'm just interested. Why don't you drink coffee? Does it like give you anxiety or like? No, it, it works for me. Like I do, I used to like use a French press, but then it turned into, um. I don't like the effort. And oh, also yeah, yeah. I, I've really gotten into like only drinking through straws mm-hmm. because I don't want it to stain my teeth. Yeah. That's like a secret hack that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, I know coffee is like, the biggest one, the biggest offender for stain. Yeah, so. it is. It is. That's why I'm like, I pretty religiously will drink like my iced coffee, like through a straw and like try to minimize how much it gets on my teeth. But honestly, boba, that is a very fair and just competitor to coffee. Cause as much as I am just like an, a coffee snob and lover, um, I'm equally as much as a, of a boba addict. So I respect it. I respect it. <laughs> okay. Thank you for answering the rapid fire questions. Like I am really interested to first like get into your story because like I'm obviously familiar with your videos. You know, we've talked, I've been able to watch your videos that they're so awesome. And while a lot of your videos kind of, you know, talk about other topics or where you're doing like other fun activities, you have kind of incrementally talked and shared your own personal journey and how it's especially relevant to like a lot of the videos where you're discussing, you know, LGBTQIA plus related issues. So um, I am interested to know, like when I was reading your story, I was basically shocked to see that you started your YouTube channel. Was, was it like to support your family, to help, to help your family out? That's what I was basically getting the gist of. And I, I was interested, like what yeah. inspired you to like, you know, start creating and why you wanted to do that. Cause I find it, I, I just think it's really cool. Well, I mean, obviously like I, um, I've always grown up with YouTube. Like I was considered the person who only watched YouTube at school. For nice. some reason people didn't 
think it was necessarily like a cool thing so i grew up mm-hmm. with like general marvels ryan higa yeah. you know the ogs mm-hmm. um and i specifically started youtube in my freshman year of high school just because i found that i was moving from charleston south carolina to yep. morristown new jersey and i was like i don't want like you know you're a teenager you're mm-hmm. just like turning 14 or something and i was just like i don't want to leave I heard YouTube can make money. I'm going to make enough for us within like three months so that we don't have to sell the house. We don't have to like oh. do a mortgage, whatever. <laughs> and obviously that didn't work out. <laughs> that's um, so cute though. I, I love that. I think I got like 50 subscribers <laughs> in that three months. But either way, like that's what kickstarted it. And ever since then, it's like one video a week every now and then. That, I skip so a video. Cool. But <laughs> yeah, 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 it's hard to be consistent. I mean, that that's really cute. Honestly, I love that because like, Everyone has their own personal reason why they start creating content. Um, and for, for a lot of people, you know, it's usually like just a random hobby, just kind of picked it up for fun. But I love that you were just like, I have a mission. I need to make sure that we don't move. And especially in a three-month timeline, that is a <laughs> that is a competitive and an impressive goal. <laughs> yep. I had big goals as a kid. You did. Hey, but I, it's paid off now, you know, sort of thing. I mean, in the sense of like, I had... I imagine YouTube has been really rewarding for you uh, given that you continue posting and you seem to have like a really cool connection and relationship with your subscribers. 100%. I would not do it if I wasn't enjoying it as much as I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm still finding like more ways to enjoy it today. Mm -hmm. If anything, like college was holding me back from being able to enjoy it as much because every time I wake up, I'm just like, I just wish I could just upload. Yeah. I just wish I could just not do school and just talk, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's so freaking hard to balance school and content creation. Uh, you know, I started creating videos when I was in college um, and then kind of like stopped very quickly because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is this is a lot. This is a lot of work. It's hard to balance it out. But like, honestly, good for you for like continuing the college path and like sticking to your goal of graduating because, I mean, in the YouTube space specifically, you hear stories like left and right of like creators who drop out of college in order to, you know, pursue YouTube. And it's hard to like stick to your guns and actually commit to graduating. Like, what was that like? Um, well, like definitely like when I grew up with like YouTubers dropping out, I always thought like maybe I should. Mm-hmm. No way in hell my parents would let me. Um, <laughs> so that's yeah. why I just didn't bother. Mm-hmm. But like it, when we went online, it was like an even like during COVID, it was like even another thing of like, should I just take a gap year? Like, I'm paying the same amount, but just mm-hmm. online at home. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to push through just because it's like, I know it's the experience. I'm already, like, halfway through. I have yeah. my friends. And also, I don't want to be someone who promotes, like, like there's it's one thing to choose your own passion in life mm-hmm. and stick with it. But it's another thing to, like, drop everything and then hope that it works out and put yeah. all your eggs in one basket. And yeah. I don't want to be the person to promote dropping out of college because that's already a stereotype within the content yes. creation community. It is. And they're, like... It is okay to not even go to college. Like, I'm not pro-college to the point of, like, you know, go into debt. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. your route is your route. Um, I'm just pro-education in general, though, and, like, like learning more in life. And I feel like college is a good way to do that. So I guess that's where I'll leave it. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, like, balancing content, honestly, I lucked out with my major. It wasn't a lot of studying. It was more, like, mm. do stuff with your, like, not with your hands. We didn't build stuff, but mm-hmm. um, it was like design stuff or like do projects mainly. So I still had time to do just, you know, one video every week because I, I wasn't like a huge budget type of person. It was always yeah. like sit in my bedroom, talk about something, yeah, do something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's awesome. I love that you were talking about like 
pro education and you know having a plan because I completely agree I mean you know I, I I'm definitely not the most like unbiased I guess when it comes to the topic of like dropping out because I am personally a college dropout although I will say I dropped out before uh, I started YouTube. So it was, you know, even worse than dropping out once you're already doing YouTube. But I completely agree. It's like education in life comes in so many different forms, whether you choose traditional education to go through college or whether you're, you know, finding it in other routes, making sure you have a plan and executing it and having structure with whatever goals you're pursuing, I think is most important, regardless of whether that includes traditional education. But yeah, I completely agree with you. Even though I am a college dropout and even though the college system does send me on a rant from time to time. Oh, yeah. I'm also the I will call it out too. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much, you know, bullshit going on within the system. But I'm also like, no, you know, you need to have a plan. You need to stick to it and you need to make sure that you are actually working to accomplish those goals um, and making it happen, which you have been. And it's super cool to see to see your growth because I think I started watching your videos like I honestly wonder like maybe even before you had like 100,000 subscribers, like it was a while ago and oh my you've like, grown so much. It's so awesome. Thank you. You too. I watched you like I think around 100K. Really? Oh, shit. Yeah. I did not realize it was that long ago. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, well, thank you for watching my videos as well. I know it was so cool that we got to connect. Um, I also want to ask, like, kind of given your own personal journey, like on YouTube and the type of content you've created, you've shared um, a lot a lot about your personal journey, about coming out, um, you know, not only recognizing you that yourself, but also coming out to your family and how, you know, you're... Uh, your support system, your, your, you know, family initially wasn't completely understanding of it and wasn't, you know, um, initially accepting. And this really resonated with me because I've shared my story online of how, you know, I went through an experience where my parents were definitely not accepting at all. So my heart always, you know, like really hurts. And, you know, I really always want to like support people who have gone through a similar experience. And um, I, I wanted to ask you, like, how, how did you manage to get through that? And what, kept you strong you know throughout that whole experience um yeah so it's a little bit of a story mm -hmm. so i came out the same time that we were moving oh okay it was just like a, oh i have no i'm not gonna have any friends to keep up with mm -hmm. and my parents don't like me because like if people don't know um usually chinese people uh, especially when they're immigrants they come from a traditional chinese culture where it's just like it's still seen as a mental illness there mm -hmm. i think it was considered not a mental illness until 2001, something like that. Mm. I don't keep up with China as much. Oh, man. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but basically, it's like, yeah, I, I had all the odds against me. Mm -hmm. And to keep it short, you know, in the span of three years, we were able to, like, say sorry, like, they said sorry to me. And nice. we're closer than ever before. It's like, I don't need people to think it's so bad. It's mm -hmm. definitely not. But, you know, the point is, was, like, it was a little inconvenient. So mm -hmm. I literally escaped to YouTube, and I was always online. It was like, I would lock myself in my, I didn't physically lock, but like I would stay in my room because it was the summer. I had no one to, I had nothing to do, you know, no mm -hmm. job, no car, no school yet. Mm -hmm. So no friends. Why not just like go on YouTube the whole time? And that's where I was like, I found solace and I found my own community. And then since then I was like, I'm going to make sure that no one feels that way and that they have someone to find online because I still like to this day, I'm like, I wish I could find someone who was gay and Asian mm -hmm. that long ago. Yeah. As in like seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. And look at you. Like you're you're doing that now. That's that's so cool because 
Yeah, like I, I've always said this, people really underestimate the power of a story. And specifically for people in minorities and, you know, the queer community, it's being able to see representation of someone who has, you know, gone through your life experiences or is in a similar, you know, like family dynamic or communal dynamic to you who's able to, you know, be authentic to themselves and share their story makes such a huge impact. And, you know, the fact that you've been able to share your story, I think, is really impactful, you know, for any, you know, uh, gay Asian Americans out there or, you know, just really anyone who is within the queer community. I think there can be so much inspiration. I remember when I was kind of grappling with the idea of like coming out publicly, I, uh, you know, remember having conversations with some people where they were like, Hiram, you know, you don't necessarily like need to come out publicly if you're feeling anxious about it. Cause I was like so scared. I was like, I know I want to do this, but I'm also like freaking out because it's such a public thing. And they're like, well, you know, you don't, you don't need to, this is something that you can just, you know, recognize yourself. And I think, you know, that's something I completely respect. But for me, I was like, what if it in my hometown, uh, in on a cattle ranch, just like I was in a conservative, close-minded environment who thinks that there's no one else out there like them and what if my story can help and it's the same thing with you the being able to you know help in that way i think is like so freaking awesome and props to you i'm really happy that you know your your parents have come around and that your relationship is so close now because that really gives me hope not only you know just for the previous generation but also just for how the world is shifting. Do you think like, because you're you're always creating content about, you know, uh, queer related news or social issues or things like that. Like what is kind of your perspective on the way the world is going in terms of queer acceptance? It's definitely more progressive. I mm. think like it, it'd be stupid to say we haven't done anything within the past decade i mean obviously like i was able to see like gay marriage be legalized you know mm -hmm. and i was able to see like so many things i found out like stonewall is on my birthday as well and i was like whoa oh my God, that's cool so much about history yeah yeah so for those people should research it by the way yes don't know definitely learn about um, it and uh but like i think sometimes i get in my own bubble a lot of us do just because like you have all these algorithms that will only push you what you like obviously mm -hmm. even with news so it's like of course you're going to think that in, within our community online, like, oh, everyone here is accepting. Mm -hmm. But then when one video just happens to fall onto, like, a different demographic, mm -hmm. everyone is like, oh, my, like, all the comments are filled with it. And I've always oh. been aware of that, of course. It's like, yes, I've lived that life, you know. I've mm -hmm. seen it firsthand. But I feel like people tend to just not want to see those other sides, obviously because it's upsetting. Mm -hmm. But we also have to be aware that it's like, these people are still existing and things aren't going to change if these people can't change as well because that is how a cycle continues. It's just those beliefs are passed down and passed down and passed down. Yes, exactly. I was literally, I had a Samantha Lux on, um, who's an amazing trans content creator on YouTube um, for one of my previous episodes. And we were talking about kind of the danger in the way that algorithms work, particularly when it comes to, you know, um, queer rights and trans rights um, and how by getting kind of isolated in a group that only thinks kind of similar to you, it can really, and not consuming, you know, um, 
what other people are thinking, other opinions, other perspectives, all that kind of stuff to really gain an understanding of people, how really, how they're really thinking and how the world is, you know, working. Uh, it can really make you believe that if you're in say groups similar to us, you're like, Oh my gosh, like here in Hawaii, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like everyone's so accepting. Everyone loves gay people. Like the world has come so far. It's so great. But then I forget that like, there's so many places across the U S or across the world where you know, there's still so much progress to be made. There's, you know, there's still severe human rights issues when it comes to, you know, queer people and that a lot of work needs to be done. So I'm glad you like touched on that because I think one of the benefits, well, benefits and downsides being a content creator is that you really get a perspective of some of the most honest, brutal, (laughs) real thoughts that people are having completely unfiltered. And you really see a lot of good and a lot of like, shit <laughs> you yes, know going yes. on how do you kind of like day, handle that <laughs> exactly yeah um well lately i've been turning it into content because i usually I've, I've seen all types of beliefs it's like oh don't look at it oh my god don't don't um what's it called like don't encourage it you know don't mm-hmm. even bother coming back to get a response don't fight with them and at this point i was like i don't think being passive is good anymore because mm-hmm. i like similar to what we talked about it coming out i don't want to see a kid look at those comments and be mm-hmm. like oh my god th- there's comments even on this channel you know yeah like yeah the gay dude's channel like mm-hmm. uh so i've been not aggressive but like i just took all those comments into a little tiktok mm-hmm. and then i just like made fun of them yeah i was literally just putting on makeup and i just put on a text like because all of them were just describing, you know, the worst ways to describe anyone. Mm-hmm. And I was just, at the end, I just wrote a text. I was like, who's the successful one, though? And I feel like there's a way to, there's a way to combat, like, that negativity with positivity. Yeah. And obviously, like, I'm not encouraging fighting in the comments. There's no point. But, yeah. like, I'd rather, I'd rather make content that's easy and they just get, they give it to me, you know? It's all yeah. there. Yeah. They are paying your bills, bruh. They are giving you the content, uh, not only by just like commenting and engaging with your channel, but you're literally turning that into content to make a positive difference and profit off of that is bad bitch energy. I love to see it. (laughs) That's really brave though, honestly, because I, you know, I understand that firsthand where when you see a lot of negativity, you're just like, oh, like don't interact with it. Don't acknowledge it. Pretend like it's not there, you know, sort of thing in, in a way to, you know, um, not encourage that and not, you know, draw attention to it so that more people feel kind of entitled to be able to treat people negatively. But I think in your specific context, I think it actually does work for the better because you're dealing with extreme, you know, like prejudicial comments about, you know, you being gay and just lots of, you know, uh, horrible biases. So, I think that's really cool. I think it's innovative. Um, keep doing it because honestly, that content is like Thank super, <laughs> it's super entertaining. Oh, it's, it's very fun for me because I don't, I will literally just like put on makeup and then I'll be like, okay, let me cut it up and then let me find some comments and then smack them together. <laughs> so like, I'm not even thinking about the comments when I'm doing makeup anymore. It's just yeah. like, I need to do makeup. Yeah. And you just turn it into that. That's so cool. Yeah. That's also another thing I wanted to talk about, like seeing how your personal style has evolved on your channel has been so freaking cool to see. It's been so fun because when I first started watching your videos, I mean, the way, you know, the, you know, kind of introduction of makeup, your own personal style, um, when it comes to fashion, the way that you were expressing um, yourself at that point in time was very different to to how it is now. And I think it's like, I, I love seeing people adopt their own personal style because it's like, I 
learn so like you just learn so much about the person by the way that they not only carry themselves but the way that they kind of present themselves so like what has what kind of like inspired you to kind of uh really get into that evolution of of your style i don't know like when i went onto youtube knowing who i am but not like how i want to portray it still and mm -hmm. every year i look different like you can see like my hairstyle changed every single time i had blue hair purple hair i shaved it all off at some point then mm -hmm. it grew back and this has been the one I've been most consistent on. Like I, I and I'm like hoping it stays that way because I'm tired mm -hmm. of changing it. But <laughs> it's always been like trying to find an identity. And it's like, I would look at what other people do. It's like, oh, artsy people, they dress in primary colors. I'm going to buy all of these. I mm -hmm. like stripes at some point. And then eventually something just peaked and I was like, mm, I kind of just want to dress like an old lady. <laughs> but, and I really want to. And then it, then it just stuck. And like, even with makeup, it, at first it was like, I had that internalized homophobia. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm gay, but I don't I do not do makeup like that. Mm -hmm. And then I, my my friend like put me in a full face in like junior year. And I was like, oh my God, what have I been doing with my life? Yes. And since then, she has been the one getting the free PR. And she's like, yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. That's so great. Yeah, and your makeup, your makeup like skills have like... It have gotten so good when I've watched some of your like recent videos. Uh, it's I cool to so. see you doing them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's always fun. Like I used to work as a makeup artist, so I think it's really cool seeing people go from their you know first time wearing makeup, not really knowing what you're doing, not knowing what any product means, and then you know learning your face shape, learning what features to kind of like you know um, highlight and the experimentation with colors and all that kind of stuff. But so like that's so cool to see. But I I mean I'm personally like I've become a fashion whore. I love fashion even though in my personal fashion sense I'm still like stumbling and like just trying to figure out like what the fuck I'm doing um I love that you were saying you'd like to dress like an old lady because like I haven't really thought of your style in that context but like thinking back I'm like you love like the multicolored floral blouses um the you know floral print um the almost like uh <sighs> I don't know, like 1980s-esque color palettes and things like that. It's it's so fun. And honestly, you're in the perfect place to do it. Like one of my favorite things about New oh, York yeah. City is the fashion. Oh, if anyone who's listening or watching has never been to New York City, like I wish I could describe just the inspiration that you get just walking down the street and seeing people in just the most outrageous, amazing, innovative outfits um would you say that like being in new york has really helped you know your personal style evolve um so yeah and like in new york the fashion is just like already like i go to a lot of thrift stores here personally to get mm -hmm. my outfits and nice. even though they're more expensive than like what's in new jersey it's mm -hmm. still so many like you have like the old people who just like had so many things back then Mm -hmm. Usually it's like 60s through 80s and they don't want it anymore. So they just all mm -hmm. end up in these like resale stores or on Depop, which is where I go as well. Yeah, I love. So like I always struggled with vintage for a while. I wanted to because of the sustainability aspect to like shop vintage. But I was like, oh, I don't like I wish I had the time to just like go to Goodwill for like two hours a day and just like try and find stuff. But then I like discovered like uh, consignment apps and like you know, uh, yep. thrifting apps. And oh my God, I think I like discovered mm -hmm. them like three months ago and the amount of clothes has months. like, 
I know, because though I had discovered some before, but I couldn't find the brands that I knew like fit me really well um, on them. And oh. then I found like a bunch more. And uh, you know, with the amount of clothes I'm purchased, I'm like, Hiram, is this really? Are you really being sustainable? <laughs> but I found so much stuff from like the '90s, you know, um, that I like wear on a day-to-day basis. And now I pretty much almost exclusively shop secondhand. It's it's so great. And I'm sure the Definitely. store in the stores in New York are like amazing i need to go like vintage well, shopping they're, they're getting way more expensive now like I, i'm not even gonna say which thrift stores because yeah I, yeah i don't. know what if i speak it into existence it happens but like a lot <laughs> of them that used to be like local thrift stores that have been here for you know ages mm-hmm. uh they go viral on tiktok and all of a sudden prices go up like this so i've still been personally online just because <sighs> yeah lazy yeah and same. it's just like i've found like my favorite pair of docs for 20 dollars on Pop, so. no way that's so awesome yeah yeah that's that's so cool and uh, yeah i know I've, I've heard about that problem with like basically the gentrification of like thrift stores and like how it because it's become so popular it's kind of just become inaccessible to people who actually like wanted to shop from them in the first place but like that's that's like a whole different conversation but it's yeah it's it's really cool to see kind of your own personal fashion evolution because I know for me and probably a lot of your followers it definitely like seeing people like you finding that makes me be like shit well like I want to up my game. I want to look better. Like I got to work on well, that this. That was me listening. That was me like watching TikToks. So I was like, "Oh no." This is nothing still. <laughs> yeah. No, you look great. You, I, I think it's Thank awesome. You. And yeah, uh, it's it's super cool. I, I also wanted to ask that you have a podcast that uh, is called podcast. Top and Bottom, right? Yes, it's called Top and Bottom. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to that. say it still. Seriously. But. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, It's a very attention grabbing name, but like, tell me like what inspired that podcast. And, um, also I'm just genuinely curious, like what inspired the name? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So my friend, the co-host, who is my best friend, mm-hmm. um, we both graduated the same, we both graduated a year early in college. We had every major, every class together. One day in so freshman cool. year, we were like, we always talk so well. And mm-hmm. this is like surrounded by 10 other people who are just like staring at us like, why are y'all talking? <laughs> and we just said like, we should do a podcast one day. And then COVID hit and we were like, this is it. We're going to start figuring out the branding. We're going to, because we, we like took branding classes and it's like, okay, let's put our knowledge to use. Mm-hmm. So we figured out the logos. They're very outdated now. We need to update it. Mm-hmm. And basically like the name just came because, well, one of the co-hosts is a top, one is a bottom. <laughs> Both are gay. So... There you go. And <laughs> I wanted something that's like, it, it's like, I wanted something that fit both of us because obviously like she isn't a content, she wasn't like a YouTuber like me going mm-hmm. into it. And I didn't want like my name slapped on it. Obviously I wanted mm-hmm. it to be equally like both of us are in this together because we're both, we both go off each other and we contribute equally. So mm-hmm. that's why we wanted to go with that. And yeah, since then we're, we just recorded last week cause we're trying to go back into the groove cause nice. we have nothing else to do. Yeah. We graduated. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's so, it's super creative and like, honestly, what better co-host than your best friend where you're already having yeah. an engaging conversations. So anyone who's listening or watching, make sure you go listen to top and bottom podcast. I will have it linked below, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, I, I think it's super fun and it, you know, in, relation to that because whether it's your podcast episodes or whether it's your videos one thing I've always really respected about you a a heavy topic on this podcast is mental health Uh, that's always been something that's like really important to me and I think needs to be talked about and especially in the accelerating age of 
social media and, you know, phone usage and everything being, you know, uh, via connectivity online, I think becoming more and more uh, prevalent of an issue, um, you know, struggling mental health. And I've always respected that you have been open and vulnerable about that on your channel, kind of talking about it in all aspects of life. Yeah, it's, it's, it's encouraging to see. And I wanted to ask, like, what has your personal journey with mental health been when it comes to relation to content creation and being online? Um, I always like to ask creators because as a creator, I'm just like, bro, I'm struggling. What do you recommend? But also yeah. <laughs> because I'm just genuinely interested. <laughs> I'm convinced no content creator is like fully sane in the yeah, like no. they're not just I, I'm convinced because everyone I've We're met is like, we all we all undergo stress. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like to this day personally like it's like making content does make me happier, but I have this thing of like people pleasing and it's like it's just because my parents like I want to get straight A's, you know, I want to be a doctor, all of this stuff, mm -hmm. and it's now it's with myself because no one tells me to do like no one tells me to be successful. It's just like in my head now mm -hmm. I'm, I'm becoming like the ideals I hated. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically it's like, I will always see a video and I will always like somehow bash it the moment it comes out. And then in a year I start to appreciate it. So mm, it's like the videos okay. I've made last year, I'm like, Oh my God, I love them. The video I just uploaded last week. I'm still like, Frederick, just like it. Like <laughs> literally put effort. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of imposter syndrome mm -hmm. just because it's like, it's always about the numbers um but i'm i've always been like open about it because i'm like there's no point in hiding it and i know mm -hmm. if i speak it out it's better just because it's like i i used to go to therapy i don't right now mm. should but yeah. um but <laughs> i i know like talking it out with myself is one of the first steps so it has mm -hmm. helped just to be like out about it because i've i've been out since freshman year i've been like the first video i think i said i'm gay and i was like okay really it's okay only up it's only downhill from here, you know, to start it all out <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, and I mean, that, that makes sense, especially in relation to you, you know, first kind of utilizing YouTube as, you know, um, a, a, an escape, a, a positive, you know, like community environment that you could, you know, escape to. And that being able to be kind of the way that you process those things as well is really cool. I mean, I love that you touched on people pleasing. This is such, this is so interesting because I was literally having a conversation with my therapist yesterday um, and, you uh, you know, I was just telling him, I'm just like, oh, I really struggle with people pleasing. Like, that's just like one of my biggest things that I like really want to work on um, because of similar to you, the environment I was raised in and the unhealthy, you know, um, expectations that were instilled into my mental narrative from a really young age. And he kind of asked me to go back through like my journey online and kind of like talk about the moments where, you know, I went against the grain. And when I was reflecting and like looking back and thinking about on those videos like you know for me personally like maybe I don't it's like probably not a big deal to, to anyone but the moments where you know I was like you know talking about brand uh, products I didn't like and ingredients I didn't like and you know bashing them and just like being brutally honest and looking back I was like oh shit I actually like you know kind of respect that, kind of respect myself and how against the grain I went. And it's the same thing with you, like looking back, when you were talking about looking back at your old videos and realizing at this point in time when you've been able to get over that initial imposter syndrome and, you know, hyper analysis of, you know, focusing on the things that you don't like, you're able to kind of appreciate that later on. And I'd honestly recommend anyone who's listening or watching, like if you are kind of like struggling with any of the things that we are talking about, like reflect on the past and what got you to the point where you are now and take time to kind of like 
be be proud of yourself. I think as, you know for anyone, and definitely as a creator, that's that's really valuable, and it, it's definitely been helping you a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's like I like throughout life, like all of us, like usually you want to seek validation, whether it's through school or your mm-hmm. parents, and it's like content creation. It's like you have to do it yourself. You don't. You shouldn't rely on your community or like your f- friends who are also content creators. Like, be proud of the work you put out because you're already doing a job that's like still new in the game. You know, it's like no one knows where this is gonna go. There's gonna be a thousand mental health studies on this one day. I feel like. <laughs> oh yeah, there's gonna be. So I feel like like thirty years down the road, we're gonna look back at the time now and just kind of be in horror <laughs> at a lot oh, of like I, I know the answers that I know like what the answers will be like basically don't do it yeah I know. <laughs> I know I can totally see it too I mean looking like but even with what you're talking bef- about before with the videos you're, you create where you take like the negative and the hate comments and you use that as content like knowing that you know your personal struggle with um people pleasing has been present that's even like more impressive because like damn I feel like me with a people-pleasing tendency would be like, oh my gosh, just like push them away, ignore them. Uh, let me figure out how to make my content even well, better so that people I like mean, it more. <laughs> well, the problem is like I am so full of myself because I finally <laughs> have reached confidence. And it's like when you reach confidence, yes. <laughs> nothing phases you anymore, especially mm-hmm. when you know you're like, you know, all this is very right. So mm-hmm. those the, like those people with like blank profiles, like I don't want to place them. I, I'm yeah. literally trying not to place them. Um, Good. But it's mainly like my own community. It's like I want the, them to be happy and be entertained by my content. You know, those yeah. are the people I care about. Good. That's not so the, good that you're focusing single on single old men. <laughs> single. <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly. Um, I, your confidence, like that, literally, I you can see it across the course of your channel. When I was prepping for this podcast, I was like going back through some of your older videos, and I was just like, damn, like you can literally like tangibly see the confidence exuding from you, you know, in your videos as you've discovered that more and more, like what tips do you have for people who, you know, may be struggling with confidence? I'm personally right now doing like a confidence series on my channel as a way to help myself and help other people hopefully find, you know, uh, more self-confidence. What would you recommend? Um, Besides like take time to yourself to to be proud of yourself because we, Mm -hmm. we rarely do it in life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one little tip and it always sounds stupid, but this is my, my principal told me when I was very, you know, very sad in high school, mm-hmm. tell yourself in the mirror, I love me some me, or just like, I love myself something positive mm-hmm. that specifically refers to yourself or your face or something you're insecure about. Because mm-hmm. if you can even say it, it doesn't matter if you don't believe it, just say it. Cause that's, you're actively trying to do something. Um, and it's like, I know people are like, Oh, it sounds so cringe. It sounds so stupid, but <laughs> tell me like, tell me the same thing in one month how you feel or in three months and keep doing it. Like I still do it to this day because it's just habit now. And mm-hmm. when it's habit, it's like easier. Yeah. Oh, I love that you touched on that. Cause literally I think my first, well, one of the videos in my confidence series was literally doing just that because I was, <laughs> I was that person who was just like, ugh, that's so self-absorbed to like, you know, like say this in the mirror, like so cringe. Oh, I feel, you know, like sick to my stomach because it's so weird. But, you know, it does make such a big impact for like so many people by, you know, like actually seeing it, you know, actually saying out loud, looking at yourself while you're doing it. And also I think like in line with that too, um, you know, uh, what was really helpful for me is like the thoughts, the negative thoughts that you have about yourself or the things that you criticize or pick apart. Like just imagine you saying that to someone else um, and gain some perspective. Like would you say those terrible things about someone else? Hopefully not. (laughs) But like, so why would you say about yourself? um, 
another thing, like when we're very insecure, I saw this TikToker. I forgot their name. It's I never remember the names, but basically she said, <laughs> whenever you insult someone, besides like someone being bigoted, just say just like me at the end. Like, oh my god, they're so annoying, just like me. Oh, oh my god, I hate their style, just like me. And you'll start to catch yourself projecting your own insecurities. And it's like, yeah, I definitely saw that back then. It's like you have to recognize oh. that, you know, just because you're insecure doesn't mean you're incapable of also being a little bit of an ass. <laughs> yeah that is such a good point i love that oh my gosh like if if you manage to find the video send it to me because i would love to link it that is so interesting because there is like a whole conversation to be had around the emotions of like um disgust and um you know annoyance and um kind of those feelings of uh, really like superiority at some levels are really just reflections of the things that we ourselves are not comfortable accepting and, you know, thereby judging other people for, because if you were really content with that side of yourself, you just wouldn't even bother talking about yeah. what you, you know, don't like or what you, you know, don't prefer in another person rather than saying yeah. it or acting on it or anything like that. That's so smart. I've never even thought to do that. It's hard to do that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's but difficult, it's a, it's but even a, just mentally, it's like a mental practice. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, super cool. So, telling yourself in the mirror every day that you know you're beautiful, or you know that I love me some me, all that kind of stuff. Would you say like your own personal like fashion journey and style journey has also helped improve your confidence as well? Yeah, because it's it's finding your identity. Like, I know some people, they're like, I mean, if you watch Devil Wears Pod, it's like, oh, I don't care about fashion. But it's like, it's a projection of, like, what you can expect. Like, when you see this, you have an assumption of who I am, what I do, mm-hmm. what I like. And this is also, like, how we um, express ourselves. Like, fashion is, it can be art. I mean, it, not, it's not always art. Like, this is yeah. not art. But, yeah. um, like, <laughs> same thing with makeup. Like, it's not just trying to hide or be some, or, like, pretend to be someone. It's mm-hmm. trying to be the best version of yourself. And be able to present it physically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you know, it's a tool. Things like makeup, things like fashion and styling, things like that. They're they're tools, and you can use them as a way to kind of like accentuate or, or highlight, you know, kind of the positive, unique, individual elements of yourself. Or you can use them to, you know, uh, hide yourself, conform, minimize yourself. You know, you can you really, yeah. however you use it, is a, a reflection of your own, you know, like personal self and personal identity, um, which, which is why I think it's inevitably like so powerful and devil wears Prada. Oh my God. I love that movie. And that, you know, monologue that she does is so true because it's like, it's, it has so much power behind it because it is a tool by which we can like communicate to each other without words, which is so powerful. Yeah. I love that movie. We're all consuming fashion no matter what, unless you're, unless you go about life naked. Yeah, you know, then, then you're not doing then work, but you know. <laughs> uh, thank you, I mean, for sharing that. I want to like wrap up this with like this like final question, which I normally start at the beginning of the podcast, but I'm going to be 100% honest. I completely forgot to start with this question, but it's That's a okay. question I have to ask every single person that comes on my podcast. What is the worst thing that you have done to your skin in the past and how does it compare? What is the juxtaposition of that to your current skincare routine? 
I am a person who has taken sugar and lemon and scrubbed it. <gasps> really? You're one of the, oh, you're one yes. of those. Oh, no, I'm and today, <laughs> I'm someone who does retinol once a week and hey. then recover, recover, recover. Yes. Only chemical exfoliants. Yes. I love it. I love it. The, the barrier repair, the gentleness, the, you know, yes. dead skin cell removal. I mean, you've actually highlighted skincare a lot across like your Instagram and YouTube channel. I think that's like how I first discovered you. Actually. Oh, sunscreen. Oh, yes. That, that's the last Thank thing. you. <laughs> Especially if you're doing retinol and exfoliation. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Do you have any like favorite obsessed products that you're like, oh my gosh, I have to use this product in my, you know, everyday routine? Sunscreen. Oh wait, did you mean like a specific? Yeah, product? like a specific product for the, for the skincare addicts like me. Um, honestly, like anything that, like a lot of Crepe Beauty, yes. um, a lot of, a lot of K-Beauty as well. Like if you need a sunscreen and you're just like, mm-hmm. you want affordable, you don't think, you don't want it to like break you out, just like go for K-Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to find like my all-time favorite things though. I'm always trying new things. Yeah. I always get bored. So. But Crave Beauty is a great, a great brand to go with. Like I think this is like the fourth time that Crave Beauty has come up on the podcast from guests I've had on. I am literally obsessed <laughs> with that brand. It's it's so good. But that's awesome. I mean, you're coming all the bases, no longer sugar and lemon. Thank you so much yeah. <laughs> for not doing that. But yeah, I mean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's so of great course. to have a conversation with you. And for anyone who's listening and watching, where can they find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Frederick Chin YT because Frederick Chin's taken. Uh, that's also <laughs> Frederick.Chin on TikTok and just Frederick Chin on YouTube. Two E's, two R's, no K. Okay, <laughs> awesome. And make sure you guys go listen to and subscribe to his podcast, Top and Bottom. I will have that linked down below in the uh, description box for the video. If you guys haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the Just Position YouTube channel and stream the episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. There are new episodes every single Thursday and amazing conversations that we have with so many different content creators. And if you guys haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Just Position YouTube channel and stream the episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. There are new episodes every Thursday, and we have some amazing conversations with content creators just like Frederick. And this has been a presentation of Cadence 13 and Odyssey Studio. New episodes out every Thursday. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you in the next one.